the greatest things of life are not visible, but we feel them. What does that look like? How can we steward this gift of life? Here comes the pressure. What should I do? God, what should I do? It's always a constant struggle, especially as my kids grow up. There's a lot going on in the world that is really worth doing. As a mom, as a teacher, what's the most important thing? Now we're on to the family part. It is very hard for a male moose or a bull to have a family. Pretty cute oh. I used to call my vocation fear management. Wives whose husbands were in the military or lots of people have dangerous careers. Where is my role? I want to be where I'm most needed. And I feel that's where people are in, when they're being attacked, when they're in, in trouble. Over 50 years of civil war have left Burma one of the poorest countries in the world. The military dictatorship attacks its own people, killing thousands and leaving millions displaced. When I first saw fighting on the border, I thought, man, that's just wrong. Little girls raped, villages burned. I want to do something. And I said, Lord, should I do something? Can I do something? And it was, I just felt, go. Burmari troops began their attack on Namgao village on 30 January, firing at villagers and merchants and capturing 18 villagers. Easy way, hard way. Hard way. Remind people of the good news that you are worth something. <laughs> and what's happening to you is wrong. And we're going to stand with you. We're going to help you. Even if you die trying, we're not going to leave you. Taking your kids in a place that would be risky, a war zone, this violent invading force where the thief is going to continue to kill and destroy, where is the thing that lasts here? What are we doing? Are we doing good? Are we making it worse? God, what do you want us to do? I'm so mad at this, God. Why haven't you fixed it? You know, I don't really want to lose my dad at only 13. It's not very fun. I have to have faith that he will come back. Whenever I wonder what I'm doing out here, <laughs> is it worth the risk? Or am I making any difference at all? Have I the wrong motives? When I think of people who've suffered great injustice and pain, then I think, oh, this is our place. Just be with them. This is our place. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a blessing to be here. And I would just like to start off my time by saying a prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this time we get to spend together. Thank you for bringing us together to learn more about you. I pray that this morning you would speak through me, speak to everyone in this room, and I pray that you would just use me today. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Well, my name is Suzanne Eubank, and I'm wearing a dress from Iraq, where we have been doing mission work for the past five years. And on our last mission into Burma, I spent time with Kimberly Hills, who is a member of this church. And it was a really sweet time to go village to village with her and learn a little bit more about her life. But the villages that we went to in Burma are now getting attacked by the Burma army. So I would really appreciate your prayer for that. And our Global Day of Prayer of Burma is coming up on March 8th. And we have pamphlets outside if y'all would like to grab one or two of those. And what you have just seen is our movie trailer. Our movie came out in theaters on February 24th and 25th, and I'm so grateful for all y'all that went to go see that, and I hope it blessed you. But most recently, we have just come back from a mission trip in Syria last week, where our team fed and treated displaced people from Idlib who are fleeing that conflict right now, and also those who fled the Turkish invasion in northern Syria. 
My father started the Free Burma Rangers about 25 years ago, where we've been wor working in Burma ever since. And we started working in Iraq and Syria about five years ago. As God called our team last year to the last stronghold of ISIS in Syria, we went to the front line to help people as we could. When we first got to the front line, the leadership told us that there was probably only about 3,000 more people left, and it would probably just take about a week. Well, one month later and 18,000 people later, people were still fleeing out of Bagu, Syria. And all these people were main supporters of ISIS and were the last strongest, most confident believers in the caliphate. And all believed, well, most of them believed that the caliphate would rise again. Our ratio seemed to be about 10% of the people that fled told us that they were sorry for what they did publicly in front of all their Islamic brothers and sisters and regretted their choice. But the rest of them would commonly tell us that the caliphate would rise again and if we were in their position, they would, would not be helping us and would probably be killing us. So we would say, go with peace and we love you. Well, as this went on, our team had planned to spend about one month on the front line helping these people. But as our, team, as our time winded down, I started noticing myself getting a lot more angry and losing patience and running out of joy. And when people would ask me for five times the amount of bread and water that we could give them, I remember getting my answers being very short and very harsh, and I was running out of love. And as our time wound down, we noticed that the, that the stream of people fleeing was not getting any smaller and that there were definitely gonna be thousands more people going to flee. And so our team came together and talked about expanding our time there for about two more weeks was the time limit we could have. Well, when I heard this news, I was very upset because I felt like I was done. I felt like being a missionary kid, God had called me there. I had spent my, my set amount of time there and I was done. I was ready to go back home to our time in Thailand with our family, with our ethnic brothers and sisters who love us and seem to be way more grateful than the people that we we're helping. And I felt, I, I can't believe God that you're keeping me here for another week. So, or another two weeks, I'm sorry. So as we went back to our base from our distribution site, I was sitting in one of our cars with our volunteers and just really frustrated and kind of fighting with God, why would you have me here? And I remember the song by Mercy Me, Even If, came on. And just a little backstory about all these people that are fleeing. Not only were they very angry and aggressive, but they also, or many of them were severely wounded from airstrikes, artillery, and the fight of ISIS. And it was a lot of pain and hardship in that area. Well, the song Even If, the chorus is, I know you're able and I know you can. Save through the fire with your mighty hand. But even if you don't, my hope is in you alone. And these words were very relevant to me at the time because I knew God was able. He could take away all these people's pain. He could take away all their hardship. He could change their heart to make them love him. He could take this all away. But even if, didn't, was my hope really in God? And I thought, Lord, I kind of broke down to tears, and I thought, Lord, I am not good enough to be in this situation. I am not good enough to help these people that you want me to help. I have run out of love. I have run out of patience, joy, kindness toward these people. Just send me home. I'm not worthy here anymore. And I felt like him saying, 
Of course you're not worthy here anymore. You were never enough to help these people. Your love, your patience, your joy was never enough to be with these people, to serve them. My, joy, my job was never to send you into a place that you would go and stand alone, that you would have to help these people, love on them by yourself. I came with you. I wanted to be with you. I wanted to work through you. I wanted you to love them with my love, not your own love. I knew you were never enough. You didn't come here just to help these people, just to give them your love, and just to have their hearts change. I wanted to change your heart here as well. And in that moment, I just surrendered, and I said, Lord, I give you up my heart. I give you up everything. I just pray that you would work through me in this area. And I just pray that you would love me. And every day, every day when I woke up, I would ask God for the same love. And when I found myself running out of patience and joy and kindness, I remember just retreating back to God and saying, not your will, not my will, but your will, and work through me. Well, as our two weeks went on, at one point I was sitting in one of our vehicles, and through this time, a verse that really rang clear to me was Nehemiah 8.10, and in that verse it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and that is something that I, I really carried with me and I used every time that I felt like I couldn't do it on my own. But as we spent time here, there, as we spent time there, I was sitting in one of our vehicles waiting for the next wave of displaced people to come up. And I remember hearing on the radio my dad calling me over to bring food and water to some ISIS people just over the hill. And as I drove over there, the Syrian Democratic Forces, our host at the time, were guarding these men that were sitting in rows, and my dad was standing next to them. And many of these people had not eaten or drank in a very long time. And so as I brought the water and food out, he told me that it was okay that I gave it to them. And as I did, the men would cover their eyes and cover their heads, but still were so desperate for the food and water that we were giving that they would reach their hands up and receive it as I gave it to them. And it was a real, a real special point for me to be able to serve people that were so against the God that I love so much, but at the same time that he was showing them how much he loved them. And there's a verse, Proverbs 25, 21 to 22, and it says, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him, give him something to drink. In doing so, you will put burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. And these burning coals, I don't believe, are something that you should take joy in being their enemy that they're suffering. But it's a burning of God's love on top of their heads, saying, I have brought people that you hate so much to love on you so much. And so that was something that really rang clear to me. And I just want to leave with leave y'all with a little bit of encouragement that whenever you feel like you're not enough, whenever you feel like you can't do it by yourself, just to give it up to God and ask him to work through you in all your strengths and weaknesses. And so now I'd like to show you a short video about our time there in Bagu, Syria. And thank you. My name is Suzanne Eubank, and this year, in February and March 2019, the Free Burma Rangers worked with the Syrian Democratic Forces to feed and treat wounded ISIS families as they fled Bagu, Syria, the last stronghold of ISIS.
we were able to provide blankets, medicine, and food to those who were fleeing. When I first met Rehad, she was laying on the ground just after fleeing Bagus, and our medics were treating her. Even though she had very severe burns, she was still smiling and occasionally would laugh with me. Her mother was also very grateful for all the help that we gave her. As I was loading her into the bus, I remember how I was scared that I would never see her again and how much I had actually grown to love her. I remember, as we said goodbye, her calling out my name and giving me a kiss on the cheek, and I started to cry. It's 19 April 2019. We're here in Bagus, Syria, the last stronghold of ISIS. Right here is an IED factory. You can see right here, suicide vest, all live, ready to go. And then you see the factory itself, and you look over here, this is where families are all in these holes, all the way around. This is dead bodies under that there, families all here. And up on top of that mountain, you see the flags now of the SDF and YPG. We were all up there. Here's more IEDs wiring, other explosives, small arms factory where ISIS dealt death and destruction on other people and finally on themselves. What's your name? My name? Mm -hmm. Khadija. I'm David. Okay. And where are you from? Uh, I'm from Germany. From Germany. Yes. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Okay. What do you want to do now? Do you want to go home or do you want to be here? Do you want to stay here? Yes. Why? Um, what I do in Germany. What I do in Start a new life? I can also start my new life here. Okay. You want to live here? <coughs> I don't know what to can with for my future. I don't know. No, I can I don't want like anything. Uh, not with my husband. Okay. I understand. I, 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 have I don't a... like with him together, not right. alone. Right. When we were in Alhal camp, a lady came up to me and started kissing me and hugging me, and I didn't recognize her until she introduced herself as Rahad's mother. Later, Rahad's mother was able to bring her from the hospital she was staying at so she could come meet us. We could only spend a few moments with her before we had to leave and she had to go back to the hospital. I hope that someday Rahad will be able to walk again and we'd be able to see her in her home in Iraq. Do a little drama and give a little gift. So is that okay if we do that for the children here? I'm just bad, yeah. from Bagus, from New York there. Uh, his parents died. When you have things that are too heavy to carry, ask him for help. Because he loves you.
seen ISIS kill civilians, my dad and some of our team were wounded and some were killed. The evil of ISIS must be stopped. At the same time, we need to show Jesus' love and forgiveness, especially to the children, like Rahat. Thank you to everyone who supported and prayed for us on this last mission, so we could help people like Rahad and the orphans in Al-Hal camp. Love and light of me, come hold us up, come save.